Welcome to Spirit Prophecy Church, our 930 service. I'm so happy to be able to introduce three people today. They're going to be bringing the message. We have Michael Ellis and also Eni uh, Atipo, and then also uh, Catherine Gallo will be here soon also to teach you this morning. Uh, I've been doing a training class for Train the Prophets and Ministers, and these people are excited to bring you the message that God laid on their hearts. So I just want to encourage you to just tune in, listen to what they have to say, and and learn from them. Learn what they have to, to give you this message this morning. So let me just pray for them right quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you that they have sought you. They have prayed, and they have have a desire to be able to teach themselves and also train others and to be equipped. So, Lord, we just ask for that anointing to come upon them right now, that teaching anointing to come upon them, and that they would have the word of the Lord this morning, that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and that we'd have understanding and we'd have remembrance of the message in Jesus' name. Amen. And I think they're getting your PowerPoint on up here. This is Michael Ellis. Thank you, Leslie. Hello. All right, I'd like to speak on the Beatitudes this morning, uh, specifically in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 7. I don't know, I carry a mic wherever I go, and most of the time it works. <laughs> Are you flipping the thing, or am I flipping? Where, where is it? Some. Ah. All right, now we're ready. Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 3 through 7. Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, they're not looking so good. The poor in spirit, blessed are the poor. Um, just a brief aside, though, all the references are to Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Greek, and that's the only time I'm going to say that. Um, that word is, uh, I believe, pokos may be wrong, one who is absolutely destitute in all their ways. In spirit, that is the word pneuma, that vital component which the body operates. We are made up of body, which is the flesh, a soul, which is our mind, will and emotions, and a spirit, and that which interacts with God. The poor in spirit lack anything but the simple drive to live, you know, survival instinct. It's a daily struggle to survive, and that's about all they can manage. Their spirits are unknown to them. It's literally a blank slate. Their joy shall be complete when given the gospel and the kingdom of God shall be theirs. Matthew 5, 4, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. How'd you like a 
hugged by Jesus. Blessed are they that mourn. That's pentheo, to mourn, or to lament. Okay, to lament. For they shall be comforted. Paracleo, to call to one side, to console, to encourage, and strengthen by consolation, to comfort. How much more comfort could you receive than one? <clears throat> pardon me. Than from the Lord Himself. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And that is Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Matthew 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's a pretty big inheritance. Blessed are the meek. That is the word prouse. It's mildness of disposition, gentleness of spirit, like Leslie. And this is not to be confused with weakness. If you know Leslie, she's not weak. Jesus was meek, yet when he entered the temple, he, well, in Texas, we'd say kick butt and took names. <laughs> How is that? Up, oh, sorry. Um, for they shall inherit. Clarimenio. I think I just slaughtered that, sorry. <laughs> To receive the earth by right of inheritance. Now, how is that? How do we receive the earth by right of inheritances? Only the children can inherit. Hallelujah. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's in Romans 8.15. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I don't, uh, you can't see it. Sorry about that, but the little deal up in the corner, did nobody count that because you can't read it. What does it say? It says, I shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yes, the word interacts with itself. Blessed are they which do hunger, pineo, to crave ardently, and thirst, dipseo, to eagerly long for those things which the soul is refreshed. After righteousness, there's another one of those, should have practiced that more, sorry. That condition acceptable to God, absolutely unattainable by man, except through that saving grace of Jesus Christ. Before they shall be filled, how much more sated could one get than by his Lord? Blessed are those, uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Yep, she looks like she needs mercy. Come, come to Plano, Texas, and you can get it. Well, uh, I don't know if we have blue bonnets around here, but they're not. They're close. Yeah, they ought to be here soon. Blessed are the merciful. Elemon. That is merciful. Real simple. 
For they shall obtain mercy, eleo, to experience mercy. And this is the first on our list, which illustrates an action on the part of the participant. It denotes giving, getting a return for something that he did or she. And this brings up the principle of sowing and reaping. When I plant my garden, I expect a return for my efforts. That one, one corn seed is going to grow an ear of corn at least, but most uh, I've never heard of a, a corn stalk that has only one ear. There's usually several. So you have multiple ears, hundreds of seeds, or I could have a return of many thousands of new seeds or hundreds of ears to eat. Anybody hungry? It'll be a while before dinner time. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For that which he soweth to his flesh shall be of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And that's in Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Yeah, it shows up on the big screen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that'd be it. I shall pass the baton to any. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My topic is fear not. That word is an instruction and also a command. Fear not is an instruction and also a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a statement. It's a command. We have it in Genesis and also in it in Revelation. Is this a popular phrase in the Bible? Guess how many times the exact phrase, fear not, appears in the King James Bible. I want all of us to guess it. Is it? 34? Is it 62? Is it 49? I need answer. Yes. Okay. It's 62. Clap for yourself. You are students. Oh, Lord. That is great. Those are the verses in the Bible. I underline Genesis 15 1. That is the started point of fear not. Revelation 1 17. That is the end point of fear not. When we want to combine fear not and thou shalt not be afraid, there will be 365 fear not. When we separated them, we have 62. A command and a statement together will be 365. 
Each day, you take one. Are you going to take a command or are you going to take statement? Now, the ball is in your court. Some current events that can stir up our fears. Fire. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Fire, 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 fire. That is number one. Oh, oh, he's coming this way. Is that coming this way? Is that tornado? Is that uh, hurricane? Is it coming Dallas? Is it coming Plano? Where is it coming from? Oh, take cover. Go to the restroom. Oh, carry your children. Now, you will see here everywhere. People are running here and there. But when you have that word in your mind, you stand still. Fear not. Now, this is Oregon. Oh, New Orleans. It's going to cover the whole world. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, as a Christian, fear not. Take a command. Hey, this COVID is killing so many people. Is it coming to me? Is it coming to my dwelling? What am I going to do? But as a Christian, fear not. Stand your, get your ground. Stand it. Fear not. Hey, my, my, my beloved sisters and brothers, fear not. It is not a suggestion. It is a command. And it based on faith. Do you have faith? Do you have faith to get it? The beginning from the end. Let's look at the first and the last verses of the Bible concerning fear not. Genesis 51, Revelation 1, 17. Genesis 15, 1 through 2. God's covenant with Abraham. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thy exceedingly great reward. Look at the way Abraham was. That is how we are today when things happen. But let us just have that in mind. I had to skip it because of my time. You get into three and four, you see the covenant of Abraham and the, the way God uh, gave him the, 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 the command, gave him the word, gave him the, the hope. Genesis 15 continues. So I will skip. He said, I will give you the children. But Abraham was still afraid. Am I going to get the child that God promises? Hey. The last verse they say, and he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Stand your still and get your faith together and get yourself together. Praise the Lord. Genesis 15 says, and he believed in the Lord. That is what we should do. Believe. You know that believing and faith, they are togetherness. They are the word that you have as a Christian. You believe and have that faith that Jehovah God said, fear not. So I will not be afraid of anything 
any kind of problem that I will be in. My believer, my believers, and I want to skip to Revelation so that you see the end of it. And when I saw him, this is Revelation 1, 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet and as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have thy key of hell and death. That is the word Jesus said. I have two keys, hell and death. And what I want to let you know, Jesus conquered the dead. Conquered death. And he is alive. If you are in the Lord, if you are in Jesus Christ, remember he has conquered the dead. That we are alive in Christ Jesus. That is why you should not be afraid. That is why you should take this word as an, a command and say, fear not. In your bum. What is going on? Fear not. Amen. Abraham is considered to be the father of our faith. You see that? Considered. Jesus is considered to be the author and finisher of our faith. He's a being. He's a being. He's a being. If you touch, if you get it. That one is a story. But this one is a being. Being and a story. They are different kind of things. It's the same as if you are carrying a baby. And it's if you are telling a baby a story. Jesus is a being. If you accepted him as your personal savior, right from that day, he's a being to you, to your family. Fear not. Some interesting parable. Parable. If you look closely, you will notice over and over that it was the word of God that came to Abraham. In Revelation, the end of it, it is the living word of God that says, fear not. You see the comparable. If you want to compare the two, you see that one is the word of God. And this one is living, is walking. Are you walking in the faith of God? Are you walking in the living God, Jesus? Are you going to be the, 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 the living, getting in there? Look at Jesus. Look at him. He's in your house. You have accepted him. Fear not. How do we overcome fear? How? I want to bring a very short uh, ask. Um, um, Leslie to give me only two minutes for this. I'm saying it right now. I got an accident last month. Do you know what? I, I'm throughout. But what I want to let you know, Jesus, that name saved me. I wouldn't have been here standing. My car condemned. When they took it to a mechanic, who was driving this car? Is the person alive? Is he in the wheelchair? Is he in hospital? My brethren, I want to tell you, 
Jesus, that word, that word, let it be in your mouth. If things fall from your hand, don't say, oh, honey, oh, my dear, oh, my father, please. I'm begging you right today. Please, your father, your husband, your child will not save you. But the name of Jesus will save you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to tell you is a name. I was screaming, Jesus, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, help me. Jesus, the, the call was too, boom, boom. I said, Jesus. Then I remember when Jesus was there, it was the blood that conquered everything. Then I remember, I said, the blood of Jesus. My brethren, those that were standing, Looking at the way this thing is going to land into the, into the lake, they saw the car, boom. That was the time I said, blood of Jesus. And the car stopped. Stop immediately. That name, you can say Jesus. The, 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 the tornado, the, the hurricane, the fire, everything is turning. The sickness, the everything, your life, no money, nothing. But when once you bring the blood in, that, that will stop. That will stop in Jesus' name. Amen. Through faith in the living word of God, which is Jesus. How do we overcome Jesus? Hebrews 11, 17, 19 said, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and, the, and he that had received the promises of offered upon, up his only begotten son, 18, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall be seed be called. 19. According to the God was, according that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Through faith, he understand that the world were framed by the word of God. It was framed. The world, the whole world was framed. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. My brethren, the word of the name Jesus Christ. The word of the name Jesus Christ. That is the word. Bonus question. Where does the fight against fear really take place? Bonus question. I want somebody to tell me. Where? The mind. Oh, good God. I have so many people. Hey, in our minds. Where does the fight against fear really take place? It's on our mind. Look at this. Spiritually, by attacking our mind with thoughts. Oh, don't go. And you will die if you go there. If you drive that damn car, remember what happened that day. Oh, everything. Don't go. Don't get into that car. If I were you, I would not be driving a car again. That is to me. 
he was saying, oh, no, 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 I will not go. Hey, don't buy that big car. It's too big. Is it a spiritual attack? For this reason, we will fail. When we put our faith, our own natural strength, instead of in God, we will fail. Hallelujah. Case in, in, in point, Goliath and Saul army. Saul army was paralyzed in fear of Goliath. Why? Their, their faith was in wrong place. It was in their own physical strength. And they knew they were not strong enough to overcome the giant. They were not relying on God. Supernatural provision for their victory. You know, some of us are like that. But David put his faith in God to provide. David said to Goliath, And all this assembly shall know they, that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for battle is, is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands, no matter what, big like Goliath, let him come. The matter in, is in God's hand. You will conquer. Praise the Lord. Put your faith in Jesus and trust in the word of God. Look at it. Have you seen? That one said, okay, I'm coming. But because it's time with the word of God. Hey. Hey, Ephesians 6, 13 to 16. It stands in the word of God. My brethren, I want you to put your faith. And for the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. That is the word of God. Fighting with, without faith in Jesus and in his word. Here is a picture of, your, of you with a, a faith in the Lord. You are like a lion. Proverbs 28, 1. You are like a, a lion getting ready, coming. Come, come. You see what you want. You know. So, my brethren, are you fighting? Are you fighting alone? Where are you? Do you have the faith of God? Do you have the strength that God has given to you? Do you remember we have 62 portions? The 62 in the Bible combined will do not be afraid. There are 365. The whole. Do you re realize that? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So many portions of the Bible. But this one is a command. An instruction that said, fear not. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. That was awesome. That was really good. And it's very true. The battle is in our minds. And I'm living proof, actually, that fear can paralyze you. But when you remember you're in a battle, we cannot afford to sleep. You wake up, you pick up your weapons, the shield of faith, and it's over. The devil has to flee. Amen. Praise God. I'm here to talk about a God intervention story. 
God has moved a lot in my life, but I had to pick one story that I can be able to share. And uh, I want to thank God that I have my voice back. Last week, I did not have a voice. And I could not explain it because when I went, they checked. They couldn't see anything. It's not strep. It's not this. It's not that. And I said, you know, I'm going to hang in there and praise the Lord, even with no voice. So I'm very happy that I, now I can talk. Um, I'm going to share a story, uh, and I'm going to also reference point a story in the Bible that kind of relates to what God did. And this is really a testimony. So we're going to look at Daniel. Um, Daniel is a very special character to me personally. I believe everybody has someone in the Bible that you can kind of relate with. And for me, it's usually Daniel or David. And um, he had a spirit of excellence. All of us want to be excellent in what we do. We're going to look at what happened to him. And I know you guys know the story. You know, the Bible says in Daniel 6, 3, that then, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So the story goes that once David had been, you know, a captive, captive in uh, Babylon. He was so good at what he was doing that the king noticed him and put him in charge of the of the province leaders. And you know, they became jealous. They were like, oh my gosh, you got to take this guy down. They didn't really have anything to pin on him because he was so perfect. And so um, they realized that his weak point that they can get him, which is really not the weak point, it was weak in their eyes, but it was strength for him, is his prayer life. There's power in secret prayer. There's so much power. If you look at Jesus, if you look at everybody who walked with God, they had a secret life of prayer. Pastor Stan is always talking about the prayer closet, and there's really so much power. Like for me and my sister, I remember when we were very little, the Lord taught us very early to pray three times a day, and we didn't even know what we were doing really. Um, but looking back, I realized it was the Lord. He led us, and the power is just phenomenal. It's amazing. So we can see that in Daniel 6, uh, 10, uh, Daniel knew that. Uh, so now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so technically they attacked him by making the king write a uh, a rule that if you bow down to another god other than the king the next 30 days you're gonna be in trouble and he knew about it but he was he wasn't gonna burge because he knows who's the who's the big guy you know and that's us in our lives every time you have to make a decision anything comes in your way you have to decide are you gonna bow down to that mountain or are you gonna bow down to the god who made that mountain you know he's good he's great he's greater than any giant amen so now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and uh, his windows being opened in the chamber toward the Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave, gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. And so he prays and of course they saw him and they ran and told the king and the king was like, okay. For him, he wasn't really, he didn't want this to happen because they really forced his hand and he loved Daniel. So here he goes, what's, what's going to happen to you because you are found praying? You're supposed to be 
thrown in a, a, lion, a lion's den. And so in 613, um, it says, they answered, they said before the king, that Daniel, which is for the children of the captivity of Judah, regarded not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Of course, you know we know who's behind that. It's the accuser of the brethren. He's always in our lives popping up. And you know he's always going to use the people around you, you know, people you trust, you know. So we have to stay on guard. And then, so we know that God delivers Daniel finally. Once he's thrown in there, early in the morning, the king comes running, Daniel, did you make it? And there he is. He says, my God had sent his angel and had shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him, innocence was found in him. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Praise God. You know, I know this one thing. In your innocence, be confident. There's always going to be a situation in your life that will come and make you look like you're the bad guy and everybody around you is looking at you like you really did that. In your innocence, be confident because there's a vindicator. He's always fighting for us. Amen. Praise God. So my story is very supernatural, not so much that there's lions, but it's in my work. You all know that if you work full time or, you know, we really spend a lot of time at work. This is a country where you trade your time for the money if you want it, right? So I work as a dental hygienist and uh, right now I'm working part time. But I love it so much. I really thank God that he let me go through dental school. And it's one of the best things I ever did for myself because it's a joy for me. I get to meet the people. I get to minister, share with them. They tell me all these things. And for me, I get to teach them about, you know, how to not get cavities, how to keep their teeth until they're old and not have to wear dentures, things like that. So to say the least, my job is very fun. (laughs) I look forward to going every day. And so I have to share this one day I was working and I was working for a dentist who was a little on the reckless side. And I I don't know, maybe some people can relate. You work for a boss who might not really care to fix things when they break. And I remember I had in that uh, office, I was the only hygienist and they had three operatories that I could work off of. And uh, first one, we have this machine that we have to kind of use to break that. You see that tata there? That's really hard. You can't even use instruments. This is probably like 20 years worth of somebody not get a, getting a teeth cleaning. That's what it looks like. So you're going to need some power tools. So anyway, three operatories. First operatory, the power tool is not working, overheating. Second one, there's a lot of water. Third one, there's always an issue. So I remember this one day, patient walks in, we decide, okay, they need a deep cleaning. Okay, there I am, I have to decide which room I'm gonna use. I'm like, okay, let's go with this one. I pick one and I say, okay, let's just put the patient in there. There's no way I can get in there with my hand instruments. Put the patient in there and start the cleaning. And you see that Cavitron machine, it's actually a, a machine that oscillates. It goes, it's a little tip that oscillates at like 25k to 50k cycle, cycles per second. And so because of that, you're going to need water to kind of cool down the teeth. And there I go, just sitting there and cleaning my patient's teeth. All of a sudden, I can't see the tip. Like I'm walking and I'm like, where did it go? 
I look everywhere because, you know, we suction. There's a suction. We have to use a suction because of all the water. Now I'm thinking, did I suction it? Uh, I don't want to freak the patient out because I can't. How do you even tell the patient? Uh, I think I lost the tip. It's very, it's not like sharp. It looks sharp, but it's pointy and kind of blunt. But still, that's a weapon. If you, if you aspirate, if you choke on it or something, patient looks fine. Now in my head, I'm like, oh, no, what do I do? Should I go tell the dentist? Should I tell the assistant? Should I tell the patient? And I'm thinking in my mind, oh, God, please help me. Please help me. So when I couldn't find it, I started looking around. I'm like, oh, God, please help me. Okay, I didn't want to alarm the patient. So I said, let me, for some reason, I decided to go towards the sink. And actually, those operators, operators look like that. Between the rooms, there's a sink. For some reason, I walk towards the sink, and I think I was going to wash my hands. I look in there, and the tip was there. I can't explain. So in my mind, you guys have to know, there's lawsuits. If, you ha if anything bad happens, you know, we make you sign those consent forms, but the path uh, about going a lawsuit is really bad because it's your license on the line, pretty much your life on the, on the line. And when I saw that tip, I was like, speechless at first but I really cried I did cry because I knew that God cares he cares about the most little things the most little things he knows what that means to me and when I saw that tip and I went back and I continued like nobody nobody knew what happened except God it was a praise God moment and it's it looks little right now but I want you guys to know for me it is like a mountain moved and all glory and honor goes to God. He does many things like this because he truly cares. So put your trust in the Lord. He will not let you down. In your everyday work, in everything you do, he's faithful. And he truly cares. He cares for us. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord how they do. Awesome. This is an example of why you need to come to train the prophets on April the 21st to the 24th. Uh, if, you're, if you have a calling to be any type of minister, uh, if you have a prophet calling on your life, an apostolic calling on your life, a teacher, pastor, whatever the calling is on your life, then sign up to train the prophets because this is what we do. I train you on how to get messages train you even how to hold the microphone, train you how to stand. And also, if you're calling to be a prophet, even to prophesy, but guess what? We're all to prophesy, all of us. So everyone is invited to come to train the prophets and uh, the ministers, and that's on April the 21st to the 24th. Anyway, God bless you. We will see you back at 1030 for our next service. God bless. Welcome to Spirit Prophecy Church. So happy for all of you that are here. And also for those of you that are watching online, happy to have you. It's a beautiful day in Plano. <laughs> so if you haven't come to check us out and you live in the area, please come and join us. We're constantly praying for those that are like-minded to continue to come to our church. A couple announcements, and then we have some birthdays today that we want to sing happy birthday to. But the first one is, I'll take them for you for a second, is uh, this is our the, the month of April's flyer. So I'm going to have the girls hand it out to you. Let me take one. And you can hand that. You can take it down and you start handing them out to everybody. Um, on, on April the 15th, that's a Friday, we're having Passover. So if you have not signed up, this will be Scarlett will hand these out. 
sign up one person per line. Don't just put the Johnson family because then I don't know how many are really coming, right? Could be two, could be one, could be ten. And we want to have enough food, so make sure one person per line per family, even if they're children, so we know. And then also there's a sign-up for what you'll bring, um, whether it's, um, I don't forget what I put, potatoes. No, because this has to be unleavened. So don't bring cake and don't bring pie because it's supposed to be unleavened. No bread either, Leslie. No, no crackers either. Matzah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you can sign up for what you get. Yeah, bring lettuce, right? Uh, what you'd like to bring. And for everyone here, you're welcome. Please join us if you can on that Friday, April 15th. It's important to do the feast. I mean, it's, it's you know, as a believer, as a Christian, we don't have to, but it's a fun thing to do. Anytime that we can just praise the Lord together and come together and worship him and understand the reason why the Passover, also to help the children to understand the reason why the Passover uh, I know that in the years past, every time we've done this, whether it's been a crusade or here at the church, we as a family here, we just grow so much closer. There is something special about that day. So I encourage you to come. That's April the 15th. Uh, there'll be some teaching that'll go on from Pastor Stan. Um, then we'll have our dinner together at sundown. So I just want you to know if you need to bring a little, you know, kids can't wait, bring them, feed them a little bit before or give them a snack, we'll, we'll just kind of look the other way. And that'll be on uh, April 15th. April the 17th, everybody say April 17th. That is Resurrection Sunday. So that's one service only that day. So plan on being here by 10, 10, 15 at the latest, and we'll stop, start promptly at 1030. So on April the 17th, that's Resurrection Sunday. I encourage you to come for that too. All right, Scarlett, you want to go down and hand those around too? You can hand, you'll give it to... Soon he can you go down there and give those to her. Okay, let me see what else I got. And then um, on the flyer it has the dates of who's teaching what. At least that's the plan. Oh, and then we have um, there's those of us, few of us that are going to Honduras. So if you're going to Honduras, would you please stand? So it's, it's Pastor Tony, Pastor Lou, Prophet Suhi, myself. Sharonda and Brandon, and then one other lady, Linda, that's going. <laughs> Are you going to Honduras with me? Oh, I bet your mom didn't know that. <laughs> I better get you a ticket right away. <laughs> I would love that. I don't think your mom would. She'd be going, nope. <laughs> she goes, you're taking her and not me? That's what you'd be saying, but. All right, so that's May 2nd to May 11th. I'll have, starting next week, a sign-up that while we're gone, if you would sign up a 24-hour period to be praying for us, that would be great. Now, for those of you that have not signed up to come to the training of the prophets and the ministers, you need to do so. The church gets a special rate, so I just want everybody to know, if you haven't seen Sharonda and that you're wanting to come, and I need you to be here, if you would, come for that because it's a training. We are a training and equipping church, and I want to, to be able to train you and equip you. You saw some of the ones that have been training already this morning and how well they've done. So this could be a chance for you to have opportunity also to bring Sunday school messages, etc. So that's going to be on. Sign up with Sharonda, and it's going to be April the 21st is registration. And that day also we'll be making anointing oil. 
that afternoon. So you can sign up to, to do that too. So see Sharonda again. And I think that's it. This paper that Island will be bringing you down is to sign up also and give you a map to where we're going to have the church in the park, and that's on May the 15th. So I'm giving you a lot of flyers, putting them up somewhere so you know what is what when. All right, we just want you to know where we're going to be because it's not where we usually go to have our church in the park. For those of you who've been around for a while, we've done a church in the park every summer or sometime, maybe September, October. We've always had something that we've done, and it's awesome. It's a great time. We've usually gone to the Bob Woodruff uh, Park, but this year I have a better park, better bathrooms. <laughs> With toilet paper, they said. So I encourage you to take this flyer so that you know where we're going to meet, and that's on the May 15th. Don't come here, and you'll be needing to sign up for what you like to bring. Okay, you can go hand those around too. Okay? All right, thank you. Thank you, ladies. All right, so I've got, I've got two birthdays this morning. So Jackson and Narai, right? Is that right? Okay, come here. You come up there with Grandma. Is there a praise report anybody would like to share? You have a praise report? One's turning two, so Narai's turning two. Okay. And also Jackson has turned three a couple of days ago. My goodness, you're a big boy now, three years old. Our right, praise report. Can we need a microphone, please, Bannon, to her? While she's getting the microphone, uh... Stan and I, Poppy and Glammy, we have a praise report. Uh, one of our kids is pregnant. And no, it's not Leslie Ann. <laughs> I was scaring Chris there for a little bit. <laughs> wow. Uh, Bentley and Alicia. Oh, wow. They've been trying for six years. You know, we've been praying for them. And they were even doing... Um, uh, some things with the infertility doctor, but they finally said, this is, I'm just done. You know, we're just not going to do that right now. It's taking a break. And then all natural, <laughs> uh, she's pregnant, and we got to find out on Friday. So praise the Lord. So pray, pray for them. Uh, November 3rd is supposed to be the date. So anyway. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. So you, so yeah. Bentley. I know. Okay. All right. So praise God for we're back home safely with our uh, time with the Lord. And if it wasn't for his grace, we would have not made it. So we praise God for that. Then February 19th, uh, uh, Pastor Louie and I, we had a Zoom um, deliverance teaching. And so we had people in the Zoom. Then we had some people come here. And some from Austin, some from Houston, and a lot of our family was here. Anyway, after four-hour teaching, uh, I felt led to Lord to do the... uh, individual ministry so we began to pray for the people's need for healings and such and we just received uh, one of the men um, he had chronic long time I think irritable valve, valve syndrome you know he couldn't go to the bathroom and right. all that kind of stuff anyway the, we pray for healing and he was completely healed totally give the Lord praise yes, hallelujah so give the Lord praise amen yes and, and I just want to thank God for the Jesus been showing up. 
and doing a lot of healings, Amen. like diabetes, uh, like uh, what is that, diverticulitis, mm -hmm. the whole in the intestines been healed, and a lot of those things been happening. Praise so I just wanted to praise God because he deserved it. Amen. Okay. <laughs> All right, hallelujah. Okay, come on, let's sing happy birthday to Jackson and Uriah. And Uriah, you're two, and she's two, and he's three. Awesome. Now, when's the rise? When's her birthday? First, when is the? Yesterday was her birthday, and his was the twenty-fourth. So his was on Thursday, right? Okay. So here we go. So it's Jackson and Naraya. So get in your billfolds, in your wallets, start digging it out. Write out a check. Give a credit card. I don't care. I don't think they care. How would you like the check be made out to Jackson? <laughs> Should we make it out to your dad? All right, here we go. Let's 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 sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you two. Happy birthday to you two. Happy birthday, dear Jackson and Raya. Happy birthday to you. You ready for some money? All right, let's get them a little closer so people can hand it to you and you can help them. Okay. Here you go. Here you go. She's like, what is going on here? <laughs> Thank you. Sunny, can you go put those on the front? Let's pray for them right quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for these two beautiful children. We thank you that they've had another birthday to celebrate. And, Lord, I just ask that you keep them safe, keep them healed, keep them um, just faithful to you already. And, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that they will always know you, that they'll serve you all the days of their life. Make them ministers of yours, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And long life. Amen. Long and healthy, prosperous life. Okay. Amen. I think I think the ride's gonna be tall. What do y'all think? <laughs> I said the prophet. Right. <laughs> okay, now since I've been gone for what's the next thing I do? I don't ask Leslie Ann because I hear that she doesn't mess up. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, it, so um. Jonathan, can you come up here and take offering? All right, it's time for offering. Now that y'all gave all your money away, right? But now you can't put it on a card. Debit card. Hallelujah. Just grab your mic. It's a delay. It's on. Praise God. Praise God in this place, everybody. I see a lot of new faces. Hello? Okay. Okay. I am much better. Hello, hello.
Praise God, everybody. How's everyone doing this morning? I love seeing new faces in here. There's, like, there's quite a bit. So everybody, welcome. Welcome to the family of Spirit of Prophecy Church here. Um, you know, here at Spirit of Prophecy Church, we love to be leaders for God. And the way that we can be a leader is how we love people as well as how we give back to the Lord. So as we get closer and closer to God, we understand the truth because we have, you know, whenever we talk about the, um, the armor of God, we talk about girding ourselves with the belt of truth. Amen? So the truth is, whenever we get closer and closer, we realize more and more that the things that we have are not our own. God has blessed us tremendously with every single thing, every single purpose that we have here on this, on this world. And so as we continue to take steps further and further to him, towards him, and to his kingdom, we learn more and more of how we really don't own anything because he is our Lord. Amen? He is the Lord over all things. He's the Lord over all the cattle and the hills and all of those things, right? Um, I remember where Jesus says, um, you know, the Pharisees were trying to stump him. And they were like, well, what do you say about taxes? Hmm. Do you give to, to, to Caesar? And he says, well, do you see the coin? Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But give to God what is God's. Amen? So in this room, as we have and as we cling on to truth, we know exactly what God has given us in this room. And out of your grateful heart, that's my daughter back there. She's also praising God with us. So out of your heart, um, you know, we can give back to God. And of course, he doesn't need that, right? But what he desires is he desires mercy. He desires to see how you uh, how you treat his things as a steward of everything that he's given you. So today here, we can be leaders in this room, and we can give back unto God and build his church and build his kingdom here on earth while we still have breath. Amen? So let's go ahead and open up right here on my left, or your right side, we have tithing and offering basket, and then over here uh, we have um, a gift offering for the um, for the missions. So... Uh, get yourself prepared to bring your offering to the storehouse, and we'll do that here. Praise God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for these offerings. This is seed. We decree this is seed, and we plant it into your kingdom. We ask you to receive it with joy in your heart, because that's how we gave it, with a cheerful giver. And, Lord, we ask you to multiply it. 30, 60, 100 fall back to the people. Bless them. Bless their families. Bless the work of their hands and keep them safe and wherever they go. And let them hear your voice speaking to them, guiding them, protecting them, and being their God. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come here and give back because we can never outgive you. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And God, you, you mentioned to us in Psalms that we enter into your courtyard with praise and with thanksgiving. So here, let it be like thanksgiving to you. Let it be like a pleasing aroma, anything that we can give back. Let it be acceptable unto you. And we love you in this place, and we worship you. We lay it here at your feet because you are worthy. You are worthy, and you deserve it. We say hallelujah in this place because you are worthy, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now it's time to dance and sing. Raise our hands, clap our hands, do a little dance. We're going to praise his mighty name, amen? Come on. 
I know it's not the Cowboys playing, but we've got the Jesus on our side. We've got to praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's try this one more time. Sing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get fired up to praise his mighty name. He is worthy and worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' glorious name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together.
nation free for all. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom free for all. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is of God. And who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Singing, is it true, Lord? Is it true that you are thinking of me, how you love me? So amazing. It's amazing, singing, who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me when I call? Is it true, Lord? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? Come on, singing, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Saying I'm a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. Whoa, I am a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. 
your praise. Yes, who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. Is it true, Lord? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me. So amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Come on, declare it right now.
Lord, you give him some praise. Hallelujah. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So he deserves all the glory. He deserves all the praise. He's our father and our friend, our deliverer. You got problems, you got issues, you give them to the Lord. You give them to him in the name of Jesus. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Glorious in eyes of me see. Beauty that made this heart adore. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Call 
And I'll dance in your presence till you come again. And I'll sing hallelujah till you come again. We praise your name. And I'll dance in your presence till you come again. I'll sing hallelujah till you come again. And I'll dance in your presence till you come again. Hallelujah. And I'll sing hallelujah till you come again. Is there someone here that's been struggling with it? And I'll dance in your presence. Till you come again. Okay. Struggling with headaches. Come up here. King Almost like the back of the head. Who are you? Just want to be with you. Oh, we just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. King of Just wanna be with you, King of Glory. Fill this place. Just wanna be with you. Yes, Lord, I just wanna be with you. I just wanna be with you. Singing, King. King of Glory. Just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell someone you're happy to be here today. And give the Lord praise. He took care of those headaches in Jesus' name. Give him praise. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise. We need to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Children's Church. Are you freezing? <laughs> Someone gets in here who's been fasting for three weeks, a blanket. <laughs> I think, Barbara, I think we've got some in the nursery. Okay, you ready for this today? Amen. Okay. 
Praise God. She's the one speaking. Lord, it is our privilege to come before you today to hear from your prophet that will gather the anointing and pour it out on the people. And Lord, I ask that you would fill her mouth and her heart with your fire, with your words, and that that anointing would come to every one of us. We come here to hear from you, to receive from you, from your anointing. And Lord, we ask you to fill your prophet and speak through her this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. I'm going to continue to talk on mysticism and the kundalini that's been infiltrating into the church. Um, so I'm going to say something apologetic right up front because um, you'll be seeing some well-named and some well-known ministers on some videos. I'm not going to mention names myself, but you'll see them, you'll know them. And while I believe that a lot of them started off correct, you know, I believe that now there's error, and unfortunately, it's not just here in America that they're releasing the kundalini spirit, this evil spirit, but they're doing it here in many churches in America. And so, um, while I'd like to point out that I'm, I'm not against them, against that spirit that they have received, and that they're using, and they're being manipulated by, and I pray that this will get in their hands, and that they'll repent and then they'll, they'll help them to see that maybe they've, they've walked away from what the true Holy Spirit is and come back. So um, I'm not here to offend, but this will offend, okay? So I, I, I feel like I've, I've got to do it because there's a lot of error in the church, a lot of error in the church, and I will not stand for it in this church, will not. So anyway, there's compromise in the body of, of Christ, um, this evil snake, this kundalini, as it intruded into the church. It's also caused um, for people to think that mysticism, mystical power, is okay. And also, it's come a point where they think that they're going to be a god. And that's um, just not true, as you should know. The serpent is coiled in the church, hiding in the weeds of compromise, just waiting to attack and waiting to kill one after another in the body of Christ. And that's why I get so righteously angry that these leaders have brought this into the church and they think it's okay. I want their eyes to be open. I want your eyes to be opened to the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth will make you want to do things right. It'll make you want to be free. Amen? And anytime y'all can encourage me through this time, this talk, I would really like that, that feedback. So I don't want everybody leaving out the door because this truth is hard. Thank you. We love you, Leslie. And as they said, you know, I'm not the delicate flower that brings the messages. Didn't get that anointing. I'm sorry. Uh, so 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 2, 12 says, Even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. There's a lot of lying wonders out there. And they're calling themselves in the body of Christ. And they're not. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Do you love truth? Be careful before you answer. Do you love truth? Do you, watching online, do you love truth? I thought every Christian would want to know truth. I did, even though it would hurt. I thought everybody would want to have truth. And I found out pretty quickly on, I'm like, Stan, I don't think people, Christians, want to have truth. But we have to love truth that we'll be saved. 
And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie because they do not want truth, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure and unrighteousness. So unfortunately, this kundalini spirit that they're saying is the Holy Spirit, and it's not. In Luke 2, 21, 8 says, And he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Not these lying gods. This kundalini has started from the Hindu religion, okay, Buddhist religion, mysticism. And they're even saying we have, uh, myst- we have the schools of the mystics in church. That that's, doesn't go, those two words don't go together, okay? So I'm going to have you watch this uh, video clip, and then I'll, I'll comment on it. Kita selalu ketawa untuk diri, untuk orang lain, ketawa untuk keluarga, masyarakat, dunia, dan negara. I'm really sad to see this child. Yang kita cari di dunia ini, kita menjadi orang pintar, menjadi orang kaya, ujung-ujungnya adalah kebahagiaan. That's not the Holy Spirit. This is not the Holy Spirit. This kind of violent shaking is not the Holy Spirit. what they call the drunken glory to the Christians doesn't make me happy at all time to repent this video went on for over 20 minutes and then I, they, they cut it off one of them I watched and that's all she did Whoa. okay oh. Oh. where's the fruit it's not fruit. See her jerking? Don't Kimberly sit back is there. waking up. 
the seductive spirit Okay, so I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I even believe going slain in the Spirit. But guess what? You always have control of that. You can be a willing participant, but you will not flop around like a fish. You will not scream in agony. You'll not shake violently. That's not the Holy Spirit, and you always have control. Okay? All right, so self-control is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So how can this uncontrollable laughter be a fruit of the Holy Spirit? It's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That we had this, Stan says I can't mention names, person come from Canada, I believe it was, to here in America and started releasing the Spirit all over these major big ministries. Our ministry leaders, those of these type of revivals, these leaders, are they teaching that to be filled with the Spirit means that we can toss out the self-control? I believe that's what they're saying and what they're doing. Are they stating that God would make his children to act drunk or laugh uncontrollably or make uh, animal noises as a result of the Spirit's anointing? That's not how the Holy Spirit works. Opposite according to Galatians 5:22 to 23. Did Jesus laugh? uncontrollably he's our teacher he's our God it would be in the word and we would follow what it said in the word that's what we're supposed to do in Psalms 31 3 says for that are my rock and my fortress therefore my for thy name's sake lead me and guide me Jesus Psalms 32 8 says I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go I will guide thee with mine eye in Psalms 48, 14, it says, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our God even unto death. Then Isaiah 58, 11 says, And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought 
and make fat thy bones, that thou shalt be like a water garden and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. Then John sixteen thirteen. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Ask right now for the Spirit of the truth to come, so that he will guide you. Don't take my word for it. Okay? Do your own study on this if you'd like. I'm making this easy as I can for you. So you have an opportunity to share with others. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that truth, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now, divination. Is there divination in churches? Yes, there is. It says, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. And last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago, I talked about the, the fire tunnel. Is that God? No, it's not God. They're allowing everyone to lay hands on everybody. Do not let someone just lay hands on you. Even when we do crusades, only the leaders and only those I have appointed or I point to even out in the audience, do I allow them to lay hand on you. Don't just ask for anybody to lay hands on you. Um, or that's used as divination or observer of times or enchanter or witch or a charmer or a consultant with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. For all that do these things are to what? An abomination. That means that's horrible. The most horrific thing that you can do to God. Abomination unto the Lord. And, not, and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth throw them out from before thee. Now, um, this was, uh, you can see what it says on the screen. I'm not going to mention names, but I want you to watch this. So right now, I'm sensing, I'm sensing really strongly. Uh, it's going to sound a little odd, but too late. Uh, I want you just to t take in the spirit realm, that crown that's on your head and just place it upon someone else. They're gonna just get wrecked all over the room. You just, gonna, okay, don't, don't do it. Don't do it like it doesn't matter. Do it in the most. If you've gone to something like this, today's your day to repent. Today's your day to ask right the Lord now. to forgive you and to heal you and cleanse you and deliver so you. you're gonna take it you're going to put it on somebody else's head and watch and then say, more, Lord. Whoa! More, Lord. Everybody, place, place What you're about to see is that she that should have been kicking this devil out of him instead of head. thinking this is God and allowing it to continue. Keep praying. Every single one of you, impartation, legacy, 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 legacy. Increase your glory. Fire! There's fire. Place it on their heads. Find somebody. I think he's got it. She thinks he got the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Fire! Place it on another one's head. You think that's fire. the Holy Spirit with that guy? He's agonizing. Screaming Legacy. in agony. Legacy. Kick it out, in Jesus' name. As the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. Prophesy over them. I hope Ten you're getting times. angry. 
the spirit to realm prophesy about this. Over That's not the Holy Spirit, folks. Who would do this? As a minister, who would do this? You're making a spectacle of yourself. Okay, now God turns the tables on you. 1997, you're in Toronto. From what I understand, Bill had this great experience, but you didn't have any dramatic type of experience yeah. until that day in 1997. Yeah. What happened yes. to you? Well, we were leaving the meeting and we were sitting up in front and I had my arm in Bill's arm and we were walking and leaving and we got to the back where the mezzanine is and I was minding my own business. I wasn't expecting anything <laughs> and this man that was drunk in the spirit was walking around praying for people and we made eye contact and so he came over to me and all he did was he put his finger on my arm. I'll never forget it. And I flew to the ground, literally flew, flew to, to the, the ground, ground, and I became this rag doll. And for 20, 25 minutes, I shook violently, and my husband couldn't hold on to me. He had to let go. And he says, I have never seen anything that violent before, and he still hasn't seen anything that violent. They're using the word I violent, knew that it was God. Saying it's God. I had absolutely no control over my body at all, but I knew it was God. I didn't know what it was. So the next day, we came back to the conference, and we sat towards the back. And the speaker got up and he said one sentence and I was back on the floor. This time I wasn't shaking. I was sobbing and crying. And I laid on the floor and I said, Holy Spirit, what happened last night? I still get really emotional about that experience. And he said, I was shaking out of you the lies that you believed about yourself. If that was the Holy Spirit, he'd say, I'm shaking the lies out of you that you've been believing over the weekend. That's what the Holy Spirit would have said. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean you go around acting like you're, done, you're drunk. And they've, they've come to this phrase, and it's been around for just a little while, but you were going to go to your drunken glory. Drunken glory. They think that's the Holy Spirit. They think that's God. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what you do when you're filled with the Spirit. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you do when you have the Holy Spirit. Colossians 3.17. Because God says you can ask forgiveness, right? We can ask forgiveness. We can be delivered. We can start over with the true Holy Spirit. And that's what I recommend if you've been following a lie and deceit. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Psalms 143.1, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. That's what you need to be saying. Lord, I ask forgiveness right now. I've gone to these meetings. I've gone to these so-called revivals. I've let other people lay hands on me. I've shaken violently. I've fallen to the ground. I've barked like a dog. I have slithered like a snake. I have clucked like a chicken, thinking it was you. Now I realize my eyes are open. That is not you. Hear my supplication. 
First John 1, 9 and 10 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. There's lying signs and wonders out there. And they're calling attention to the lying signs and wonders and not to the word of God and not to Jesus. He doesn't get the praise. He doesn't get the honor. He doesn't get the glory because they're looking around to get drunk in the spirit, they say. They're looking around to feel like, to feel like that, that, that uh, glory, drunken glory. Lies. You see people, even those that call themselves prophets on the Internet, saying, I'm just so filled with the glory right now, so filled with the glory. They're trying to tell you that they're, they're operating by the kundalini. Find out what the truth is. Amen. Don't listen to them. They're lying to you. The gold dust. The so-called feathers, please. Uh, Alice A. Bailey, you've heard that name before? Mom of New Age. <laughs> Started off as a Christian. She was born June 16, 1880 in Manchester, England. She was a devoted, they say, missionary worker, Sunday school teacher. We are having this in the churches now. Later became known as the writer of the cult, and many refer to her as the mother of the modern form of the New Age movement. Now, this was the plan that she gave. She started the New Age movement under Lucius Trust, right? So Bailey wrote this 10-point plan, which was given to her by the Spirit God, not the Holy Spirit, right, for this New Age religion. But yet, she started off in the church. She got astray, and she led many astray, and still leading many astray, because that, that evil spirit's been infiltrating the church. So this 10-point was um, charter that Alice adopted by the UN, take God and prayer out of the education system, reduce parental authority over the children, destroy the Christian family structure or the traditional church, Christian church family structure. If sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Make divorce easy and legal, free people from the concept of marriage for life, Make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Debase art, make it run mad. Use media to promote and change mindset. Create an interfaith movement. Get governments to make all these, law, this, these laws and get the church to endorse these changes. Is the church endorsing these changes? Unfortunately, yes. She also says, visualize the crown of chakra at the top of your head. And begin to imagine it opening as though it were the lens of a cram camera. Can I have some water? As the universe, see, people are saying, I'm just going to pray, pray to the universe to change things going on in my life, to teach me, to guide me. And I've heard Christians, what I thought were strong, stable Christians, I'll just ask the universe what to do. Uh, no. Wrong. That's the wrong God. I'll just seek what Mother Earth wants for me to do. No. But they're getting confused. God is not the author of confusion, is he? And so if we are confused, we need to step back and take a look. Your spirit guide, she says, and guardian angels will be there to assist with this as they are always with you says, do not be too concerned if you don't know how this works. Just by asking, it will happen. Now, this guy, he has what he calls the, the Christian school of mysticism. 
Beware. See what's in his mouth? That's what he calls token the Holy Ghost. Smoking Jesus. Enjoy. He's an idiot. Oy, 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 oy. <sighs> I am in a wreck because... You know, they, they say when you, you put two, two users together. And see, when Winnie gets up here, and then you expect me to get up and say coherent words later, afterwards. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, dear Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yes, Lord. I've learned a, a quick prayer. I'll teach it to all you really quickly. Okie dokie, Lord. Okie dokie. Lord, I love your heavy, drunken glory. Lord, I love it. Lord, thank you, Father, for more of a heavy, weighty, drunken glory in this house today. Are y'all getting angry like I am? So this guy, is uh, he has mystical schools, these conferences around the globe, actually. He calls his ministry Sons of Thunder. You know, a couple of weeks ago you saw uh, Jessa, I'm going to say that name. It, could that be the same Hindu god that appeared to her? Where it's uh, Kundalini also. Um, this was uh, a while back, several years ago. They had this mystical school actually in Fort Dallas, Fort Worth. And it's going to have this impartation with him. No. I actually wanted Eric to go with me, and Liz Lance said, I'll go too. I was going to set this guy straight. But Sam's like, no, you're not. Ah, oh. Obedience, right? Oh. Yeah. Enjoy that, Chloe. <laughs> we have to obey sometimes. Ugh. I wanted to go. Um, so anyway, so there's deeper courses in contemplative prayers, also supernatural Christianity, vigorous impartation, Soaking, soaking's not of God, okay? Uh, you will gain, he says, a grace perspective. Operate in the trances now. Uh, raptures and ecstatic prayer, which is really nothing more than interacting with the spirits of clairvoyance. Um, also, mysticism. And you can read this another time if you go back and watch this online. Or also, I do have DVDs through the Prophecy Club on air in the church, but there's also one about mysticism and kundalini for sure. Uh, it says, new creation realities you'll have understanding about. Uh, you'll have an understanding about the miracle workers and the mystics. Open heavens, not good, right? Not good. Uh, accessing the manifest, the glory realm, that's what he says. Now, he makes a point about this getting stoned on Jesus. Uh, he was smoking Jehovah Wana, getting wasted on Jesus. Uh, he sees a deliberate way with connecting the, with those influenced by drug culture. The philosophy is that kids are going to learn about drugs sooner or later, so he doesn't see what he's doing he is doing as promoting drugs. He sees marijuana and heroin as the substitutes or counterfeits of the real deal. Now, I understand that he got saved, this is in his own words, on an acid trip. No. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just ridiculous. He's aimed to get you high on the pleasures of God before you're ever tempted to get high on anything else. 
wants you to be seeing visions before they ever think about taking hallucinogens. On occasion, you can see him token the Holy Ghost by apparently pretending to smoke the figurine of baby Jesus. He gets blasted on the Holy Spirit, also gets drunk on the Godka. Uh, he acts like he's shooting Jesus in his arm, like shooting heroin, smoking a joint called Jehovah Wana. He pretends he's taking ecstasy to have intimate experience with Jesus. Uh, Lord, I love your holy drunken glory. Makes pig sounds. as bartending angels. He calls on the bartender angels. He teaches people to levitate and take a ride on the holy mystical carpet. Snorts dust from the tomb of Jesus. He's the one that's going around with some of these other well-known name ministers to do grave sucking and that kind of stuff. And putting a, go to a grave of some great uh, minister that was very anointed, puts a, a um, straw to the grave, snorts it, lays on it, says, receive the crack of the Holy Ghost, the crack of Jesus. Met Jesus on acid trip, take a liquor offering. Maybe that's what we need to do. That's why we don't get an offering. Huh. Not happening. Sorry. All right, so, <laughs> um, well, I'll let you just see about this. So I thought I would be a blessing to the heresy hunters as an act of goodwill. Although they may never accept it, I would like to extend from my side the olive branch of peace. These guys would never read one of my books or take time to hear me out. Nope. So I would like to meet <laughs> them on their own turf. There are so many John Crowder exposed videos that I figured I would make it a little easier on their lives by just exposing myself. So here it is. A heresy hunter video about John Crowder by John Crowder. I want to communicate to all those beloved sheep in their own language. A language of hatred, fear, and exclusion that they understand. Now, obviously, I don't agree with the majority of statements you're about to hear in this video. Again, this is not an apologetic video defending my belief in Jesus, the work of the Spirit, or the love of the Father. So in order to make this as accurate as possible, I will be condemning myself in your own words for everyone's entertainment and edification. And from the start, please excuse the poor quality of the video. Most Heresy Hunter videos are poor quality, so that part is accurate. But what I mean is that Heresy Hunter videos, you know, they're like their own genre. They usually take a section from one sermon I did, break it into non-contextual little parts, paste Bible verses over the screen while I'm speaking, put big question marks asking, did he really say that? Look, that was just way too much work for me to pull off. And, and you guys, I mean, you don't think I read the Bible anyway, so there are no subtitles over the screen. Just your words and your own raw, bloodthirsty hubris. If you were able to enjoy anything, I would say enjoy this video. Here it is. My apologies, but this is about, this is John Crowder. To my surprise, he has grown in popularity. He's not one of the big boys, but he is, he continues to find access, as you will see, into churches. He's not one of the big boys. He's not one of the big boys. He's not one of the big boys. This is clip number 18. John Crowder experiencing the drunken glory. Whatever that is. They don't even know what the word glory means. They have no concept. They, they have no truth. I mean, it's, it's hard to even respond to that, isn't it? 
that's mind-numbing, it's blasphemous. If that was the glory of God, everybody in the building would be dead. That kind of folly, that doesn't get more serious than that. That kind of behavior, if, if, he, if he hasn't figured out how to do that and make that up, that's demonic. I mean, that's either him really adept at pulling that off, or he's under some power. So what we see here are people who have no knowledge of God. And that, that first guy, I mean, he, he does have a strange spirit, a different spirit about him. And this is troubling to me because this... It's sad to me. It really is sad. I think this kind of video... Christian look stupid, like we're just a bunch of inbred spiritual hillbillies that can't figure anything out. Well, that's just dopey. That's just dumb. I'd be scared to even be in the building with, with, with that going on. I mean, that was like a bad fraternity party. It's mindless. It's theological. He's not one of the big boys. You're just whipping yourselves up. I think you have to be a little emotionally unstable to even want to be in uh, that. Now that is full strength, profane heresy, and it makes my blood boil. We are trying to identify the body of Christ. These people aren't part of it. I made his video. I got on there. I got under his skin, praise God. <laughs> These people are lost in this system, and they're throwing the word Jesus all over the place. Are you going to let your baby smoke the Holy Ghost? Is that him? John's got a big mustache. Oh, last for me. They don't know the gospel. They don't understand the gospel. The vast majority of them are not saved. I, I don't even know where to start with this. This stuff just makes me so angry. Obviously, you don't get drunk in church. This guy is a fool. He really is. I think he's just a complete fool. If you're one of his fans, I have to say you're an idiot. You are a moron. This thing is just ridiculous. Just look at him. Just ridiculous. I have to put this on to protect myself from all of the poison that this man is spewing. This is John Crowder, probably the worst that I've ever seen. That was John Crowder. John Crowder is the one we're going to be talking to that day. It was excruciatingly torturous to endure an hour and a half of his teaching. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. 
it was much worse. This kind of wanton Christian mysticism is another gospel. See this false teaching for what it is. Undiluted spiritual bile from the depths of hell itself. If you are currently drinking it, stop and run in the opposite direction. quite a bit, huh? Red flag, red flag, red flag. Had enough? Everybody say red flag. <laughs> First Peter 5 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We have to be sober. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom, seeking whom he may devour. Now, the scriptures tell us, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Does this look or sound like sound doctrine to you? No. Not at all. I mean, if you have any sense about you as a believer, you should not follow after this. You should not. It should be, wow, yeah, that's a red flag. Don't go there. Obviously, he doesn't know the Bible. The aged men should be sober. The aged women likewise, that their behavior as becometh, becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to be discreet, young men to be sober-minded. You shouldn't have any kind of uncorruptedness. Having no evil thing to say of you, that's what we're supposed to have. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That is not godly. It's not presenting Jesus in the way that it should be presented. It's blasphemous. And that's why I said, he's not my brother in Christ. 
He's not my brother in Christ. Now, some of the others that you saw, yes, but they need to repent. They need to repent and tell the people, I have given you a lie. I've given you a lie. I've released a lie. I've transferred the lie. I've transferred an evil spirit to you. And it's time now for us to all repent, ask forgiveness, and I'm not going to call you, cause you to get that drunken glory anymore. That is not the Holy Spirit. What happened in the scriptures when others followed New Age practices? Remember this with the golden calf? Remember Moses was, his anger was waxed hot? That's what's happening with me. When I get all this information to give you, like, man, my, my anger gets waxed hot. Um, they were making gods. They didn't want to wait on God anymore. They were just going to, he says, uh, and Aaron says, well, they were set on mischief. And that's what this spirit does. It's set on mischief. It's causing people to believe another gospel. You know, the body of Christ, or when you're, when you're looking for Jesus, we all desire the power of God. That's why they get off on this. They're not wait, willing to wait for the power of God to come upon them, the true power of God to come upon them. They're not willing to study the Word of God. They're not willing to get mature. They're immature. They're following lies. Therefore, they're making themselves to be gods. All these things, which is causing an abomination to our Lord, but it's causing them to go to the pit of hell. Exodus 32, 29 says, For Moses has said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow you upon you a blessing this day. This is time for us to receive the blessing of the Lord because we receive the truth. We receive the truth. We ask forgiveness. We say, Lord, if there's been anyone that has laid hands on me and has transferred this evil spirit upon me, this fallen angel, it's really worse than just a demonic spirit. I mean, it's in a high-ranking area, okay? I ask forgiveness right now. Free me from it. Also, the Shekinah. The Shekinah glory, that's not God. I mean, if there's any book I've written, the Shekinah glory has even made people more angry at me than the Kundalini because they're not willing to take the truth. Exodus 32, 30 says, And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Preadventure, I shall make an atonement for your sins. And then Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, these people have sinned a great sin, and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if I do not blot me, I pray thee out of thy book which thou hast written. Unfortunately, these people, I guess, are willing to have their name, you know, taken out of the book. Out of God's book. They're willing to do that. And they're willing to do this around the globe. I mean, we were in Pakistan. We saw Kundalini. And we knew that big ministers have gone there. Yeah. Releasing it. And people are thinking that that's God. We should not want our name blot out of the book, right? The people had a counterfeit God. 
They were tired and impatient for their leader. They had a lying sign of wonder. They were deceived and punished. Many were put to death. They didn't get by with anything. So here's what I want you to do. Whether it's today, make it today. If you're here and you want to do this now, or if you want to um, you know, email us and let me know that you've done this, or say, I need a prayer written back to me that I can pray, it's time for you to now to ask for the Lord to forgive us. So you would write down all the ministries you've been around or involved with this. Um, if you've been with anybody with the New Apostolic Reformation, Dominion Now, Kingdom Now. If you've been anywhere where they've had lying signs and wonders, a big one is in California. Also um, in Florida, Toronto, um, other places. And they had laid hands on you. Then you don't know what was transferred to you. You need to trust the minister that would be laying hands on you. Are they speaking truth? Do they lift up the name of Jesus? Are they just seeking for lying signs and wonders and trying to get drunk in the Holy Ghost? I mean, there's so much blasphemy. I mean, there's even like this um, Crowder guy and also some others. I mean, they'll even, act, they'll even go as far as saying we are high on ecstasy so that their sex is better. That's blasphemous, people. If you've read a book or any such thing that was an abomination to your God, Jesus Christ, the living one, you need to now ask forgiveness. Now, I'm honest to tell you, I know that this is a grieving process for many. I know that they feel like they're going to lose something. Well, praise God. Praise God you're going to lose a devil. I know that this information has caused some to take a look at the deception and have realized you were deceived. And then I have others that are saying, I'm mad at you, Leslie. You've angered me. I, I want to follow that woman. I want to follow that man. They have a lot of fruit. No, they don't have fruit. Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? What, they're going all over the world? Yeah. Unfortunately, people pour in finances to them. They travel the globe, and they release this to thousands and thousands and millions of people. It's time to ask forgiveness. It's time to be delivered. It's time for your heart to be healed and your mind. And it's better to know the truth and walk in obedience with God. So everyone here, and those of you online, pray this. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, the true Savior and King of the world, the righteous judge. Forgive me for being deceived. I renounce and ask forgiveness for allowing the Kundalini spirit in me or any other New Age occultic spirit. Take your right hand. And I sever their ungodly ties with me. Cleanse me now from this abominable sin. Open my eyes and my ears. Give me spiritual understanding to discern good and evil. In Jesus' name, amen. I know this was difficult for some, but I know that I know that many are getting free from watching this. And that makes my heart sing. That makes me rejoice. 
I'll expose the lies. I'll expose, expose the de- this deception out there. Because my heart is for God's people to come back to know the truth and to want the truth and follow the truth of the Holy Spirit, not the lie out there. This spirit is a powerful spirit. And when someone gets rid of it, it does feel like they've lost something. Yeah, we say good, right? But some people feel like it's like grieving. I don't have the power I had before. Well, praise the Lord because it was not God's power. Amen? I mean, the, the, the lies out there, and the mystics out there, the witches out there, the divination out there, there's power in that. But our Jesus can overcome it all. You just have to accept the true Jesus. They're not following our Jesus. And if they, wherever they got off track, and those leaders, I call you right now to repent. I, des- I command you in the name of Jesus to repent and set those people free. Stop the lie of the drunken glory. Stop the lie outside of the glory of God's all over me. Stop it now. We even have a movie about to come out with someone I expose that wrote a lot of books that looks like a Jewish rabbi. And I'm telling you, it's lies. And it's, it's coming, he teaches straight from the Zohar, Jewish mysticism. But yet, I, I, millions, I'm sure, follow him and have his books. Would you rather receive the lie or the truth of the Holy Spirit? I encourage you now to sign up for Train the Prophets and, and, and Ministers. That's going to be April the 21st to the 24th. We have limited seating. I encourage you to sign up right away. This conference is going to teach you how to be a minister. That's number one. You might have a prophet calling on your life, but number one is to get cleansed, get free, teach someone how to to lead some others to the Lord, teach them how to pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit for someone, teach them how to get a message because you should always have a message. It's not just about prophesying. You'll learn these things, how to prophesy accurately, how to give a word of wisdom and knowledge, how to get that anointing for healing, how to do deliverance, how to teach, how to take an offering, how to hear from the Lord, how to get that anointing transfer for dreams and visions. All these things you'll go, you'll you'll learn when you come. You can go to prophecyclub.com or traintheprophets.com. If you go to traintheprophets.com, uh, it's a new YouTube uh, channel that I started uh, five, six months ago. So go there. Go to traintheprophets.com, subscribe, and watch them. Stan just got an email not long ago. Someone stayed up, I don't know how, all night, watching all of them. Praise God. So people are getting free. They're, they're finding it out, and they, they want to be free. Praise the Lord. If you're here at church... Um, that would include you, Chloe, and your family. If anybody can come, but there's a special price for those of the church. All right, become a ministry member. If you haven't become one, see um, someone at the front door. They could give you a form to fill out. Click on like and share and subscribe. And then if you have a prayer need or you'd like to contact us, you can at contact at com. God bless.